Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. How you guys doing? Welcome to episode 452. We're going to be talking about George Christie. Uh, I actually did an interview with him, uh, I think about a year or two ago. It had to be something. It was a while. But I found an updated, newly released recording. And I found it pretty interesting, man. Now, I have to admit, this guy is freaking smart, man. And he was the face of the Hells Angels for a long time. I know there is a dispute between him and Sonny, uh, but, you know, there's always three sides of the story and stuff. Also, there was a question. I'm going to read this article uh, before I even go into that one uh, because, you know, people stop listening into the damn media about MCs. Really, some of the stuff they put out is garbage. It's kind of like Mr. Wizard and his crew over at HotCars.com talking about MCs. And the information is totally off. It really is. It's time to start calling them out for what it is. It's BS. And, uh, you know, speaking of that, we've been having a hell of a time over on uh, our channel on YouTube. If you noticed, we renamed it Insane Throttle only. Okay, it's just called Insane Throttle. We took off Biker News because it seems like our channel has been uh, pretty freaking screwed with, if you ask me. Uh, people uh, being unsubscribed uh, without them knowing. Uh, people put it on mute. Uh, the whole nine yards, man, and then we've been researching this I, all weekend and trying to figure out what the hell is going on with our channel. I seen it yesterday when I was in the chat room where people were muted, and that kind of pissed me off. It just seemed like uh, we've been being throttled down. Uh, some subscribers are getting notifications, some ain't. Or some people are getting them in like 30 minutes afterwards, after the show is already over. Uh, so uh, I was looking around on the internet because I do know they got a YouTube policy where they can do whatever they want now. It used to not be like that. If you've seen some of my earlier stuff, it really wasn't messed with. But now it's like, damn, you got to watch your, you know your language you got to watch the language inside the you know the comments section everything and uh, you know one of the creators that i really follow is sticks uh uh hexen uh he's a really cool good dude he gives a lot of political commentary uh has about a half a million subscribers and now he's switching a lot of his stuff to rumble and a lot of other uh channels like bitshoot because he is getting messed with. And you know what? The same thing that's happening to him is happening to us. 
So, you know, we li- we listened to kind of what he had to say. And it, I guess it's news base, man, with their new deal. But I want you to listen in on this and we'll talk about it and uh, see what the hell is going on. Event. It'll probably be a lot higher. If you look at, I guess, ticket sales, to, you are making news or political content of any kind, and that's three quarters of what I do. You are buried in the algorithms for anyone that's not subscribed to you, explicitly in search and in related. Uh, and keep in mind that Google gives a different experience to each user. So if you see my videos, it doesn't necessarily mean that Jack Spratt over there. Some people do. Some people report that they don't. They're also getting randomly unsubscribed from me. This also has happened on Twitter. I've, I've, been, I've randomly had people muted that I never manually muted, and I'm not exactly sure why, including the DPRK News. Very good satire, by the way. Uh, so if you'd like to share out this video on some other platform to make it more searchable so people know I exist, that's helpful. Or you can follow me on a better video site. There are four links in a pinned comment on YouTube. There are also links in the description where I upload my videos. By the way, I also make bit shooters. So one of my four videos each day doesn't even appear on YouTube. You're, you're only getting three quarters of the sticks hexendom. You're getting fewer clanks. What are you doing with your life? Anyway, Beijing by... Okay, that is uh, Sticks. I really love his stuff, man. I really do. But he has been throttled down hardcore. And now this is a guy that's really popular on the internet because he brings that no uh, BS attitude to what he does as a creator. But we've been, uh, you know what, with the notifications, with people being unsubscribed, with people being muted, that's a freaking huge problem for us as, uh, you know, and I know other biker channels have been experiencing it too. I know BD has, uh, you know, basically, I don't know if the subscribers should uh, go over to the YouTube uh, Twitter thing, put up uh, questions to them on why their creators are being muted. But what I did uh was take news out of everything over on YouTube. I took it out of uh the channel keywords. I took it out of uh uh I'm gonna stop hashtagging it. So remind me of that. <coughs> Freaking cold up here. Anyway I'm gonna start doing that and seeing if things get better on the channel because that's ridiculous man you you know you go through your analytics and you look at it uh before their new policies and everything was going decent was going great people weren't having that many problems but then all of a sudden boom it hits and you're like what the hell is going on over there uh nothing like that's happening on Facebook not, none of that stuff is happening on the podcasting platforms so i guess that's just a youtube deal <laughs> so the best thing you guys can do for the station is share it on your social media uh try to get around that uh other bs you know that's pretty uh you know as creators and that's one thing i don't understand is we're providing the content and the subscriber base to them. They're making money off the deal, giving us peanuts, but they can get so strict. I I would think as a business model, 
you'd actually want to, you know, and I can understand the newer, younger, you know, the channels that don't have that many people uh, not advertising on their stuff because it's a waste of time. They don't got anybody, you know. That's why they do the 1,000 uh, uh, subscribers and 4,000 watch hours. Okay, cool. I understand. It's a business. But when you start attacking, you know, channels that have the subscriber base and <laughs> sticks half a million freaking people, that's pretty messed up. And what, you know, these guys and Tim Pool's been talking about is they're actually sending anything that's news related to the mainstream channels. You know, when we first started off YouTube, there, you know, we had a problem with our other channel where it got freaking taken down, and that's how we came over here. But how there's they're filtering everything that's news related to Fox News, CNN on their channels. It used to be not like that. You know, people don't trust the mainstream media. And after I read this article, you know why. Uh, but anyway, they don't trust them. So they come to third party cre uh, content creators like Tim Pool, Sticks, uh, The War Room. There's a million of them out there. Uh, that do it but now that they kind of want to be like a netflix uh they're starting to just kick aside all the creators they put and that's one of the reasons why i went to rumble because i got a lot of people asking me well why are you doing that new show on fridays over on rumble you can't talk politics on youtube you can't even say uh that the election was rigged any of that so I have to do it over to, because of the content. I got to do it on another deal. I got to do it on Rumble because they don't go after you. So I just wanted to get that cleared up. And because uh, a lot of questions have been asked about that stuff, uh, about uh, the comments being muted and it's happening on Twitter. You know, I'm not a real big Twitter guy. Uh, so anyway, that is to uh, start the show off. I like to keep you guys updated. We're still working on it, redoing our keywords, uh, you know, words that they don't like. So, uh, but if uh, you see a mute in the chat room, that's on them. That ain't on us. If you don't see your comments being uh, filtered through, that's not on us. So, is what it is. Anyway, let's get into this. I had an actual question, and that's why I wanted to bring this article up because he sent it to me for one, and I read it. I was like, what the hell is going on here? Anyway, Hollywood, here's an article that I found on the Hells Angels. Why is it that the media feels it must put out this type of garbage? Thanks for all you do. Yes. I appreciate that. So we're going to go to that article right now. Okay, here we are. This is out of briefly. This is the article that he sent over to me. Uh, this is actually about 15 days old, 
but uh, I needed to, you know, mix something in, so I had to find a good topic with this one, and uh, that YouTube one's good. But uh, the mainstream media, this is what they're putting out about uh, the Hells Angels, but this is something that they do with all clubs. If you looked at hotcars.com, you can actually go over there and see articles about banditos, uh, mongols, outlaws, uh, hell's angels, and the crap that they really put out to the general public. You know, I think there was one that was actually, well, these are the bad clubs, these are the good clubs. They, they, have, no, they have no idea what they're writing and the problem is, let's face it, a lot of bikers love cars. You know, I love uh, cars. I love the, my low riders and stuff. Uh, they talk about more muscle type of deal over there. But they know bikers come to that website. So what they're doing now is they see, oh, wait a second. Uh, the biker life, is, and especially motorcycle clubs, is a hot topic. So we can make some advertising revenue by clicks if we put this kind of stuff up if you guys haven't noticed newspapers are <laughs> far few in between now everybody gets their news off the internet so it's a whole different business model now where they have to get people to that website so that is what hotcars.com does and the problem uh, with those kind of articles is you got people that actually believe in that crap. You got people that just maybe just went off and got a motorcycle, and the next thing you know, they want to be in a club. So they look at these articles, and it's all about the rebellion side of everybody, man. They want to look cool. They want to get the chicks. And... They really don't know everything, what it's about. Uh, I actually got a link in the description box of YouTube where it takes you to a site and gives you a pretty damn good overview of how the scene is. And it's guys that are from a bunch of clubs, one percenter clubs that wrote that website. It's been around since 2008, I believe it is. Uh, so go over there, learn from there. Don't learn from briefly, you know, whatever this is, briefly.co. And this is coming from overseas, but it's a good example of how the mainstream media treats motorcycle clubs. That's one of the reasons why we do our show is to try to give some perspective and counter what they are writing about. You know, if it was up to them, which most of the time that's what you'll see is only law enforcement side of the story when it has to do with an article. You don't get the club support. And then you wonder why clubs don't want to freaking talk to the media is because whatever the hell they say, it, it gets twisted. It's twisted around. Anyway, Hell's Angels, and this is the title. All you need to know about the one percenter motorcycle club. All you need to know. See how they frame that? Uh, club societies and movements have existed from time immemorial. 
While some may be good, others are considered outlaws. In relation to motorcycle clubs, the oldest clubs date back to 1936. Actually, that's where you're wrong already. If you're talking about outlaw clubs, that would be considered that. Yeah, 1935-36, the first one was AOA. But if you're talking about the oldest clubs, you're talking about clubs that started off in the late 1890s. You know, they started off as bicycle clubs, and then you went into motorcycles when they came available. You had Yonkers and a lot of other ones. Uh, So right off the bat, if you don't know your history, which most people don't, uh, you're not going to know that. So they should have framed it better. Uh, Hells Angels Motorcycle Club is among the most famous outlaw clubs in the world. It dates back to the late uh, 1940s, which it does. Uh, then, it, you know what? Then they this picture right here, and I, I get it. They're worldwide. Uh, now, let's get into some of the material here. Hells Angels models are Angels Forever Forever Angels, which is the traditional one, and when... Would we do right, nobody remembers. When we do wrong, nobody forgets. I don't know if that's the case. Now, I might be wrong here. I might be wrong. Uh, I think that's the Banditos. But, again, I haven't looked it up. I just, I'm reading this article with you guys. Uh, which is a one percenter saying, so what is the Hells Angels Motorcycle Club? Who they are? Stick around to find out. So they're going to try to answer the question, so what is the Hells Angels Motorcycle Club and who they are? That is the basis of their argument here. Who are the Hells Angels? Well, the first club was established on 17th of March, 1948 in Fontana, California, United States of America, In the 50s, there was the continuous uh, establishment of charters, which initially had no relation to each other. Later on, the charters united with the first club, and the Hells Angels became international in 1961. On 30th of July, 69, the organization got its first charter in Europe, uh, in London, England, Today in Europe, there are over 275 charters. Now, I'm going to be looking that one up because uh, as far as I know, they were still in uh, Cali in uh, the 60s and didn't expand until the mid-60s. I have to look that one up. Uh, Let's see here. The association continued to grow internationally. In the late 70s, the Australian club started. Uh, in 84, the first charter in South America, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, was formed. And then that goes into that stuff. And a lot of these stuff, I got to uh, go in and fact check and make sure that's what they're talking about is correct. So again, I'm going off the cuff here. And then they get into these rules. Now, these are the same uh, rules that a lot of freaking uh, mainstream media puts in their articles. They do not know their bylaws, okay? 
uh, members aren't going to give the media their bylaws. Or if they do get their hands on it, it's usually through law enforcement leaks uh, because there has been some takedowns of clubs where they got bylaws. So that might uh, be, or they're just in their generalization is what's going on here. Uh, the association has a strict set of rules that must be adhered to no matter where your charter is located. Some of the rules of the association include, and it's funny, they don't talk, at least they got that right. Uh, HA goes by charters, not chapters. Women are not allowed to join. Well, that's a no-brainer. There are dire consequences for breaking the rules. You guys make it seem in the mainstream media that clubs are criminal and you once you're in, you can't get out, all that kind of crap. And that's just not the case, man. Uh, they're not going to bust you up for leaving. They're not going to, you know what, even without bad members, they don't do that stuff. They just put them out bad, and that's the way it works. Uh, so there's dire consequences. That's what's being put into the general public's head, that these are hardcore criminal organizations, and if you want to get out, they're going to kill you, basically. Once an angel, always an angel. You do not retire unless you are kicked out. So basically what they just did was they went against the one right, uh, you know, the one I just read. Uh, that's what I hate about these. Uh, when the police pull over one member, all the members also pull over. You can never tell on a member. No, you can't be a damn snitch is basically what it comes down to. Uh, and that goes for any or, uh, organization where you take an oath. That's the way it works. You should not talk to the media about matters to do with the organization. Well, do you blame them? Do you actually blame them? For not talking to you after you put out some of the stuff you have right here. Uh, no law enforcement officers are allowed to join since there would be a conflict of interest. Well, that's a no-brainer. Uh, and I'm going to get hit right back with that one. Uh, because there are some one-percenters that uh, clubs that take ex-law enforcement. Uh, that's a known fact. Uh, but current law enforcement, no. Uh, the vests are sacred, yeah. There's an order when riding, okay, yeah. <laughs> Okay, and uh, I'm not going to go through uh, about what 80, but what are the Hells Angel membership requirements? Like somebody like this would know what their uh, membership requirements are. The process of becoming a, a, a member of the association, okay, is an, an association in the club scene is a lot different than what they're saying. There's a different meaning with association than MC. Is lengthy and strict. Well, hopefully it is. When a candidate <laughs> candidate uh, successfully goes through the first phase, they become a hang around. Okay. What's the first phase then? Then they become a hang around. 
During this phase, the individual can meet the members at designated places and take part in some association activities or events. Why don't you just say club activities, man? Uh, if the hangaround is still interested, he can continue on to become an associate. The level of an associate lasts for a year or two, after which the individual is recognized as a prospect. As a prospect, the individual still not, does not have the privileges of voting, but can take part in some club events, and his evaluation process continues. The last phase is full patch or full membership. In this stage, the individual is unanimously voted by the rest of the full club members. Well, no shit, Mr. Wizard. Before the voting takes place, the prospect goes to the charters in the geographic jurisdiction of the charter he has applied in. What are you, going for a job? Uh, while there, the full members get familiar with the prospect, ask questions. Uh, it is also a period when he vows allegiance to the association and the members. Uh, and now they're going to talk about... Uh, during the Hell's Angel initiation ceremony, the individual is endowed with the final patch. Right. Uh, the Max Motorcycle Club set. Set the record straight in a post on the club's Facebook page. I don't know who the hell they are. Uh, post stated that two associations had a long overdue conflict. And they had been having meetings to try to sort out their dispute. The conflict came about after a member affiliated with Hell's Angels shot and murdered one of the A or the MAC's members. Okay. Now again, this is overseas. Uh, Hell's Angels are are numerous in different countries all over the world. Some of the allies include the Red Devils. It's kind of like the Black Pistons to the Outlaws, uh, the Iron Horsemen, Galloping Goose, the Warlocks, Headhunters in New Zealand, and Sons of Silence. Again, I'm not pushing any of that stuff. That's what the article has to say. Uh, the Frequently Asked Questions. I, I love it that this uh, article briefly is... <laughs> Giving you advice. There's an there's actually a frequently asked questions uh, stuff here. Uh, who are the enemies of the Hell's Angels? Banditos have been a long time Hell's a uh, enemy to them. Uh, that was started by uh, Don Chambers in '66. Uh, I don't know if that's true anymore. I've heard that uh, they've been getting along. So. And then it goes, Hell's Angels, are they dangerous? There have been numerous Hell's Angels news of charges brought against the association, both in the U.S. and its international uh, charters. Hell's Angels been leaked to crimes such as gang violence, trafficking, arms dealing, arms dealing, and uh, other illegal activities has led to it to be considered by the public and law enforcement as dangerous. Well, the public considers that because the way you guys report on it. <laughs> really? Uh, do the Hells Angels still exist? <laughs> you got to ask that one. I'm skipping over that. Uh, then they go and say, what are the Hells Angels known for? 
the organization is considered among the most famous outlaw motorcycle gangs. It has been linked to criminal activities such as manufacturing, distributing of illegal drugs. Uh, in a national gang uh, report carried out by the FBI, yeah, everybody's going to listen to them. Uh, they've been laying low for a while, especially in the U.S. How do you know all this stuff, man? It's like you put, you're making crap up. You really are. Uh, who wrote this damn thing? Uh, Kisa Wambuga. Yeah, that's a great freaking name right there, man. So what do you guys think of uh, that article? <laughs> it's like, you know what? They wonder why the MCs won't freaking talk to them. It's because they put out crap like this. So now you have these people that think, oh, wow, I want to be bad like that. I want. They don't want to put in the work. Next thing you know, everybody's a damn one percenter. And I'm actually doing a article over in the members only section over on HarleyLiberty.com that drops tomorrow about what is the fascination with one percenters and all that jive. But we're going to take a quick uh, break, and then we're going to come back and uh, get my thoughts on the George Christie thing. Hi, I'm James Hollywood Machikari. Join me Monday through Friday for Motorcycle Mayhem Morning Show on YouTube Live, Facebook, and all major podcasting platforms where we talk about all the major biker news going on in the scene. Rock on! Get your most unbiased and trusted biker news now at HarleyLiberty.com. Founded in 2012, Insane Throttle Biker News has been the place that all bikers come for what's happening in the scene. Go over now and bookmark HarleyLiberty.com. Rock Hi, I'm Hollywood. And I'm China Doll. Listen to the Hollywood and China Doll Evening Show, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all major podcasting platforms. And don't forget to subscribe to our brand new YouTube channel. Rock on! Okay, here we go. We're You know what? I'm going to start this off by uh, talking about a Vice article. Then I'm going to go into where he actually addresses some of these uh, questions in a new interview. I know he did with mine. And one thing about George is all this time, his story's never changed. Never. And that's one of the key things that I've noticed about his interviews, his books. Uh, if you have never read his book, uh, Exile, uh, it was a damn good book, man. It gave a lot of information that a lot of people didn't know. Uh, everything of when their uh, feud started with the uh, Mongols uh, all the way up until when he left. And uh, it was a good book. You know, I if you're really into what his story is, what happened with Sonny, uh, he's a tell-all, man. He's a tell-all. So uh, some of the stuff with the Vice that I wanted to quickly go over uh, you were once the Ying to uh, Sonny Barger's Yang, a key part of the group as a prominent spokesman. How did that relationship deteriorate? 
And his uh, answer to this, there was a period when I really looked up to Sonny. But one of the things that I felt was really interesting was the first time I went to prison. I went to FCI Terminal Island and asked one of the brothers on the yard, quote, who do we have a problem with in here? And he said, quote, we don't fight in prison. Clubs that we're fighting with on the streets, we didn't have a problem with inside. In fact, we would interact with them. So when I got out in 87, I started reaching out to a lot of different clubs, negotiating truce with the outlaws, the banditos, the Mongols. I even talked to the pagans a few times. That was my vision. And I think Sonny's interest didn't go beyond his little own orbit. Now, right there, a lot of people put in the comments and stuff, how can, you know, why can't clubs get along? There's people that's been trying this. And I know that George actually met with Taco uh, with the outlaws. I don't know the circumstances between the banditos and Mongols or the pagans, but he was at least trying. Uh, then you go on to, again, why did you ultimately sever ties with the club? Uh, quote, I felt we became the people we rebelled against, and that's exactly what I told them at a meeting when I left. At one time, we would interact with all the clubs up and down the coast, and by 2011, we were fighting every major outlaw bike club in the United States, plus law enforcement. That's where some people lost perspective of what the initial intent was of the whole outlaw lifestyle. It seemed more military, like an army fighting another army. Boy, that hits you hard right there, don't it? Uh, then it goes on, though. Was it your plan to write a book about your time with the angels? And did you anticipate blowback? Uh... After my departure from the club in 2011, there was a lot of misinformation going on about me. I had formally quit the club. I went to the meeting and uh, I did it the way you're supposed to follow protocol, faced everybody and said, I think we have different visions and I'm going to call it a day. And I took my patch off, folded it up, put it on the table, and everybody seemed to understand the position. That's the way you're supposed to do it. And then a couple weeks later, I think Sonny Barger was uh, instrumental in getting my status changed. I got a phone call that I was no longer out in good standing. I was out bad with no contact. You know, and that's the sorry thing about clubs now is, and I've seen it happen to a lot of people, man where they did everything the right way. Next thing you know, somebody's got a freaking heart on for you and put you out in bad. And it's like, man, there was only a couple things that used to get you put on bad. Now it's if you piss on somebody's bush wrong. They went on to campaign to shame me in social media, and all of a sudden I had people I've never met before who weren't even club members, who were maybe who you would call loose associates or fans or whatever, coming at me, making accusations and whatnot, and then he decided to set the record straight. You have to do that kind of stuff when it 
come on, in any ordinary life, you got to do that. When somebody comes at you, you got to go back at them. Uh, so that's his side of the story on that. And uh, there was, and I think the reason, and I'll talk to you about that in a second. I want to go to uh, where he talks here. Now, this is no cover TV on YouTube. And uh, this is uh, George Christie talks jail and people flipping on him. They have like a two-hour deal with him. Uh, very good stuff, man. Very good stuff. So let's listen for a minute. 40 years, I was going to walk away from love. And was that hard for you? Yeah, it was very hard. It was L a, emotionally or? Emotionally, uh, or mentally. Worried. Uh, no, I, nah, I don't worry. <laughs> uh, you know, if I did worry, I wouldn't have wrote the book. But uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, you know, it was a situation where if, I didn't leave. It would have strictly been because of my ego. I felt that uh, the club was going in a different direction. I'd been a leader club for 35 years, and you know a lot of the younger guys didn't share my vision anymore. So I felt it was, uh, you know, 40 years was a good run. So what what was off. the difference in visions? Well, you know. Initially, it was all about riding motorcycles, building motorcycles, partying, having fun. And uh, when I walked away from the club, uh, you know, we were actually, and not only, you know, the Hells Angels, but every major bike club in the United States was fighting. It just didn't interest me. Now, that right there... Not only does that apply to the club scene, but that applies to independents as well, enthusiasts. It used to be all about riding. It used to be about hanging in the garage with your buddies, building bikes, or just swapping stupid stories. And it's now become far from that. Especially if you look at all the comments that you see on the internet it's like man really get a freaking life you know it, wow just get a life it's like you got nothing better to do uh do you know what it, you know the true meaning of everything was supposed to be about and some mcs now they gotten away from it too and you know that's what he was explaining here let's go on fighting uh, on five fronts, and what happens is when you run out of opponents to fight, what happens is you start turning inward, and I didn't want to be around. Yeah. Um, Another uh, wise deal there, when you got uh, no opponents to fight, then you start turning on your own. I've seen that a lot. I've seen it a lot, man, uh, where people were loyal to their clubs to a bone, Next thing you know, some personal issues or politics pop up, and everybody's fighting their own guys. What year did you leave? 2011. 2011, yeah. When you're... <clears throat> so, 10 years. When you're... When you guys were here, were you guys fighting... I don't know, I'm not... You know, the motorcycle game that we see a lot is our, our knowledge. Got it. The Carnalis have been uh, in Ventura since I can remember. 
And, you know, we always had a, a good relationship with them and a working relationship with them. You know, they would come to the clubhouse, our clubhouse, and party with us. And you know, we would go to their events on occasion. Let's move forward. I went there and expressed uh, how I felt. And uh, basically what I, you know, just told you here. And I said I was going to go my separate ways. Initially, everything was okay. And then uh, there was a riff with one of the other leaders, not around here, I had been at odds with him. and you know he took that opportunity to on a character assassination of me and whatnot so I wanted to set the record straight and that's why I wrote the book I wanted to tell my side of the story I found it kind of amusing that uh, Hells Angels would take to social media on a, a shaming <laughs> campaign of me I, I found it kind of ludicrous oh. but uh, uh now, see, his story doesn't change from the Vice article that was written, I think, a couple years ago to October 21st of 2020. It doesn't, his, it don't change whatsoever. His side of the story doesn't change. So, you know, after that started, and then... You know, there were all kinds of rumors that I had testified against people and I'd done this and I'd done that. Well, you know, when I got indicted in 2011, I'm the only guy that went to prison. Everybody else testified against me. including Everybody testified against him. Including, uh, you know, three Hells Angels. Hmm. So, so three Hells Angels testify against him, but people are going around saying he was a rat. You know, and that's one thing... That really sucks is people use that term loosely, man. Uh, you know, basically they said I was the leader and I had told them to do certain things. Back to fire bombings of the tattoo shops. That's, he talks about a lot of that in his book. Uh, I really wanted to tell the judge that uh, it's obvious I didn't have anything to do with it because the tattoo shops were I'm a lot more accomplished. <laughs> when when that first goes on, you know these brothers telling you, you know this is the dude who did it. He told me, like what what is feeling that? Well, I felt like they betrayed me. Uh, well, they had got in trouble for other things, nothing to do with the tattoo shops, but uh, you know the. FBI had realized I had left the club, and I think they felt it was an opportunity to put the squeeze on me to if I would cooperate. I didn't, you know, and I, I wound up uh, on house arrest for two years fighting the case, and then I wound up, I got an additional spent that in Texas, which is kind of funny, because when I got back to Texas, the banditos run the state of Texas. That's another outlaw bike club we've had issues with. But... You have to keep in mind, I was the negotiator for the club. So when I got back to Texas, report to the prison back, the banditos were there. I knew all the banditos in the prison there. They had, they had a cell waiting for me, and I was selling up with So it was like old home week. Rock and roll. That just uh, tells you uh, how different it is on the inside compared to the outside uh, with everything. Uh, but again, 
he don't change his story. He don't try to blow things out of proportion. Now, according to Christy, he was the one picked because nobody else wanted, and I think this happened at an East Coast or a West Coast uh, regional uh, where he, so they had to confront Sonny. And it's probably not a freaking good idea to confront somebody like Sonny because he's got legend status. He's the one who really pulled the club together. So you usually, you know what? Usually you don't, you know, maybe it's a bad decision, whatever. But he was going according to his bylaws, and it had to deal with a nine one one call, which has been released. It indeed did happen where he called nine one one. And when it's against the bylaws of the club, it's got to be addressed. And that's where the politics now have gotten just so out of freaking hand, man. Everybody wants to be a president. Everybody wants to be a boss. Nobody wants to be a soldier. So the politics come into play and just start destroying everything that uh, was built. And that's some sad, sad news right there, man. It really is. Uh, so I suggest you guys go and uh, look at his book. If you really want to dive in to uh, this deal, because I still get people that comment on that episode. Well, he's this, he's that. How do you even know without getting both sides of the story? You know, what it comes down to is you're either a fan of Sonny or you're a fan of him, and it goes right down the middle. You know, the social media stuff, you know, is probably what, you know, and that's the thing with 81 uh, supporters, man. They're always out there acting like they're freaking uh, a part of the club, that they speak on them, they give this stupid opinions, uh, but then it, you know, you never would have thought that they would go on social media, but that's his story. There's other sides of it, too. So that's just my uh, thinking on that. Go over to that uh, YouTube channel, and you can check it out, man. It's a lot longer interview than what I played. I just wanted you to hear the comments uh, between uh, what he had to say and what he had to say in the Vice article, and nothing changed, man. So, hey, if... You try to do it the right way, and next thing you know, you're kicked out on bad because you had a personal beef with somebody else. Then, of course, he's going to go do it, make his money, man. Why shouldn't he? He put in 40 friggin' years, and next thing you know, they turn on him. That's just the way life goes, man. You're going to want some payback. And, you know, it's the same thing with the Sons of Anarchy. You know, Sonny was in that, so were other Hells Angels. So how can you go around and bash the damn show when there was actually club members involved in that show? I don't know, man. That's just my freaking thoughts on the subject. But anyway, you guys let me know what you guys think. If you're having a problem with the YouTube channel, let me know. I'm trying to fix it, man. I really am. So anyway, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. I'll talk to you guys later. You have a good one. I say goodbye, vamoose, adios, ciao, so long, get your hat jacked.